Jai Hari Kirtan Ki Jai. Shri Shri Dadi Gopal Ki Jai. Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chaksuru Militam Yena Tasmai Shi Guru Enama Ajanulambita Bujo Kanakabadatu Sankitanai Kapituro Kamalaya Takso Vishwamboro Dijabaro Yugadhan Makalo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunabhataro Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gurudaye Pushpavanto Chitrasando Tamuno Vande Ham Shri Ramakrishna Abhaya Charano Sukho Sukhado Paramanando Sundaro Subhalapriyo He Krishna Karuna Sendo Dina Bandhu Jagatpate, Gopisha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namutuze, Tapta Kanchan Aurangi, Radhe Vrindavanishwari, Vishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Paramparaki Jaya. Grantarashi Nabhagotam Tidyas. Good morning. Nice to be with you all again. We're continuing our discussion of the Brahma Mohan Leela. At this point, Krishna has manifested himself into all the forms of the boys and calves, and he has been received in those forms by the calves and the cows with. Uh, an extra measure of affection. And at the same time, while the mother's affection for them has increased, um, their affection for Krishna has also increased at the same time. Because as we've heard, their affection is based on everything except the beauty which is lacking, which is found in him, Sham Sundar. Not that the other boys and calves aren't beautiful, but somehow he outshines them nonetheless, right? So today we come to a new section, and um, it begins thus Ekada Charayan Vatsam, Saramo Vanam Abhishat, Pancha Shasu. Yamasu Hayana Puranash Aja. So, um, the text says that uh, five or six days before the end of the year from which this uh, Brahma Vimohan section began. Mm-hmm. Uh, which 
the beginning of which course is going on the picnic in Balaram by the force of parental affection, hmm, remaining behind, which is uncharacteristic. Characteristically, uh, he won't miss a day hmm, in, in herding with Krishna and his friends, he being the elder brother and the best friend of Krishna. But uh, here it says that uh, about five or six days before the end of the year, hmm, Krishna tending the calves entered the forest along with Balaram. So it doesn't mean to say that he isn't going every day. He is. Hmm. He's going every day and everything appears even to Balaram in Raj to be just without change as, as usual. The upswell of affection for the boys that he himself feels is compensated for by the fact that his affection for Krishna has increased as well. So there just seems to be no difference. There are some extraordinary things taking place. Um, as we've heard, the measure of the mother's affection the cow's affection for the calves, but for some reason, he isn't noticing it. So what the text is informing us is that on this particular day, five or six days before the end of the year, they enter the forest. Aja, he's described Krishna along with Balaram. It's another, another occasion in which this word Aja name, Aja epithet, which means unborn is invoked. And of course, the subtle implication here is he who was unborn, Krishna, had many mothers, not nonetheless. So uh, uh, he's unborn and his birth, if you will, and the motherhood, the parental affection that he encounters, experiences, this is all within the realm of uh, eternity. Right? when the unborn takes birth, how will we understand it? So the implication here, of course, is that on this day, Krishna is going to arrange, Shakti is going to arrange, Yogamaya is going to arrange for the underlying facts, if you will, that Krishna has expanded himself as all the cowards and the calves will start to become clear to Balaram. After all, Balaram is different than everybody else in Braj. And you would think he should know because, well, he's God himself, right? First, we have Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan. And Swayam Bhagavan has some expansions of himself in Braj that um, are replicas, if you will, of himself. For example, we saw this earlier. When he sat with all the cowherd boys at lunch, he manifested himself before all of them. So each manifestation looked exactly the same, had the same temperament. This is Krishna. He does this in the Rasa Leela also by expanding with all the gopis. What is this called? Tadekatma Rupa. This is one type of way in which Krishna expands himself in the Brajalila. And the other way is, is, is by, by Baba Prakash. And there's only one of them and that's Balaram. That means he's non-different from Krishna, but 
he has a different, uh, he's one in tattva with Krishna, but he has a slightly different disposition, temperament, his emotional composition is different. And correspondingly, he has a different uh, complexion. He's fair in complexion, and Krishna's dark in complexion. So typically the complexion um, uh, has some correspondence with the emotional content of, of, of a person. It's like with hot colors, cold colors, this color, that color, and so forth. Uh, it's maybe a little more played out and detailed in, uh, in uh, Indian aesthetics. For each of the rasas, there's a corresponding color and a presiding deity and so forth. We might think, uh, understandably, that Balaram would be the presiding deity over Sakyarasa, but actually he's the presiding deity over Hasyarasa, which among the Rasas is the best friend of Sakyarasa. It's a secondary Rasa, plays a big role in their, in their lives. According to, you might want to ask, you might ask or be wondering, and who, who does preside over Sakyaras? Well, according to Indian aesthetics, which is, of course, prior to Rupa Goswami's drawing from it and uh, coming out with his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where he uses terms from Indian aesthetic uh, sensibilities to describe the world of ecstasy and, and explain Vedanta, a Vedanta of aesthetics, aesthetic Vedanta. <laughs> so, um, uh, there it's mentioned that Vamandev presides over. Vaman is the, is the dwarf who's the, who's the, appears as like the younger brother of Indra, brother of Indra, and has a brotherly relationship with Indra. Of course, well, you know, we could try to stretch that from a Gaudiya point of view and separate ourselves to some extent from the uh, past of Indian aesthetics, which is not a not something unprecedented to bring in some new insight into it. And of course, what I mean by that is that Brahmana's other name is Upendra. Upendra. It means like he's the friend of Indra, Upendra. Or he's he's even above Indra, but it, but they're but they're friends. Now, the point I'm making, of course, is that. During the Govardhan Leela, Krishna received the epithet and was crowned king of the cows, Govinda, by Indra and, and in, agreement, in, in agreement with all the other gods who were assembled at that time. Right? Govinda Kund was formed by the bath, uh, celestial bath coming through the trunk of Ayurveda, the, the carrier, elephant carrier of Indra. At that time, so many gifts were given to Krishna by the different gods and so forth. So he was named Govinda, but in some texts, the name is given as Upendra. So Go, of course, means cows. Go means earth. Go means the Vedas. It means a lot of things. So uh, there's a way in which we can say the name of Govinda, the name of Upendra is the same. We can say, well, we'll take Upendra in this set context and make Krishna the presiding deity over, <laughs> over Sakyarath. Rupa Goswami didn't do that. Nonetheless, our subject here is Balaram. And he is the presiding deity over Hastiras, and that Ras, as I say, amongst the Rasas, is the best friend of uh, Sakirasa. Mm. Mentioned that his emotional co composition is, is different. Um, 
And that comes out here in this section of the text because he is composed of a combination of bhavas that are centered around his sakya. This is called, and I think we've mentioned it before, sankul bhav, a packaging together of more than one rasa, wherein one rasa is prominent, but the other one is also present and sometimes um, takes precedence. So Balaram's sankul is composed of primarily fraternal love, and it's packaged together with servile or dasya bhakti and parental or vatsalya bhakti. Now, in Braj, it's very clear that primarily Balaram is defined by his fraternal love. He is the best friend of Krishna. They're, they're everywhere together. They mean the whole Bhagavatam, they brought up their childhood, they're, they're, they're together, they're described uh, as in, practically inseparable, right? This is a very extraordinary occasion that he's separate. There's a couple of them, but there's a big reason behind it, of course, as we're seeing. But um, uh, his, again, his, the fact that he is the friend of Krishna, that's the defining emotion, is very apparent in Braj. Now, the fact that he's an elder brother also comes into play, obviously. And what the Vatsali Rasa Yashoda, which, of which she is the pinnacle. This is the full face of uh, Vatsali Rasa in eternity, right? Uh, she is always fostering her Vatsalia onto Balaram, the older brother. He's only like a week or eight days older. So, <laughs> but nonetheless, the older brother has some, uh, is, to, is to be, uh, has should have some respect and his opinion will be second only to the father and so on and so forth a guru figure if you will an elder it's hard it's, it's funny to think of an eight somebody eight days older as an elder and for the most part um they're described practically as twins at the same time but again this this is part of his compos emotional composition and that Vatsalya feature is something that Yashoda will lean on, play on, foster, just a, not in a, in a conscious effort, but just naturally the flow of Vatsalya, protect Krishna, protect Krishna, make sure this happens. And we see him coming and reporting on Krishna at her behest, what happened today? Oh, he, he ate dirt. What? Bring him here. That caused a little rift between. How could you tell on me, he said, Krishna, to bother him. What kind of friend are you? Hmm. Hmm. But he's charged to do so, if you will, by the fate of being the older brother and by the force of the affection, the Vatsalya of um, Yashoda, which causes to bring this out to some extent in the brudge. Secondarily to his fraternal love, no doubt, but it, it, here we refer to him as Dauji. I mean, he's the elder brother, right? Quite often, artistically speaking, in painting, sculpture, and so forth, the custom has been over centuries to depict the older brother by making him a little bit bigger than, than the younger brother. Now we, we undo that here. I have my reasons for that, but uh, 
you'll see that quite often. The deity of Balaram is, is a little bigger than the deity of Krishna. It's an artistic way of saying he's 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 the he's the big brother. So it is a it is a prominent feature, not compared to his fraternal emotions, but it it, it does come up regularly. Um, And there are, there are a number of examples, right? Now, the other feature, as I mentioned, of his emotional makeup is his Dasibhav. And that we don't see very much at all. But there is one instance of it that's prominent by which we know that it's there and we underscore it. I'll get to it. I'm sure you know where it is. It's right here in this Leela. Uh, but before we go into that, which is where we've arrived today, more or less. Outside of the brudge, Krishna expands as Vasudev Krishna, and Balaram expands as Mahasankarshan, for Leela's Mulsankarshan, the root of Sankarshan. Uh, this Sankarshan is a name that he was given along with Balaram at birth for different reasons. His capacity to often thought in an external sense, to bring the two together. That means the Braj people and the Yadus, because he's the son of Vasudev. So to bring them together, Sankarshan, Sankarshan, to attract them together. There's other ways in which it plays out as well. But it's one of his names uh, at birth, and he is referred to as such, Mul Sankarshan, as he appears in Mathura and in Dwarka. And as we move in the Leela, as the Leela moves in this way, at least apparently, because Krishna is never absent from Vrindavan, so we might reason as well, Balaram must be there too. Uh, but but it's, in, it's in a hidden way, of course, right? Krishna's there, we know, because as I said the other day, it may be hard to convince someone that there's God, but it's not that hard to convince someone that there's love of God if they're a little bit objective, because we can point to examples of sadhus transcending the, the boundaries, ordinary boundaries of, of human constraints, right? Harnessing their humanity and so on and so forth. So, um, so, you don't know because I haven't made the point, but um, but um, but the point I'm making is that Krishna is must be present in Vrindavan, even in his apparent absence in the Torah in Vrindavan, because the love for him hmm, is so strong. In fact, grows in his absence, and it exceeds in measure of intensity the love that is found. It corresponds with him in Mathura and then in Dwarka. In Dwarka, he's physically present, but the queens know that, it, that actually he's more present in Vrindavan, even in his apparent absence, because the love for him is greater there. So there cannot be, point being, love of God without God. He's there in their love, in separation. He's present. So, um, when Mulsankarshan goes to Mathura and Dwarka, the point we're making here is there we begin to see 
this Dasya Bhav, part of his emotional makeup, become more prominent. In fact, in Dwarka, it exceeds his fraternal love and you find him more in that um, role. We go beyond there, of course, to his expansion as Anantasesh. And there he is, lying down as the couch for Vishnu, as the umbrella, hmm? uh, uh, so on and so forth, Over, overtly. Now, he, he does this in Vrindavan also, but this is, you have to know a philosophy to understand that he's the, he's, the, he's the bedstead. Of course, we might call that the way he participates in romantic love. That's, a, that's another thing, hmm? indirectly. But otherwise, he manifests as, the, as the, the shoes of Krishna, the umbrella over his head, and so on and so forth. The Brahman thread, well, that would be later after he leaves Vrindavan, hmm? around his chest. So on his head, on his feet, on his, in everything in between, Balaram is there. That's hmm? another Ram. Of course, Krishna, Gaur Krishna is a Brahman, so he's got the thread. Nityanandabhu is the thread. He's the umbrella, he's the shoes, so on. So, uh, outside of Braj, then this servile Dasiras, Dasya Bhakti of Balaram becomes more prominent, more, more evident directly in himself as Mulsankarshan and then obviously in the expansions of uh, expansion of Nandasesh through in, in which he accompanies every Vishnu avatar. It's interesting to note that it's said in love, at least in English, the two, three is a crowd. Understandably. But wherever there is Lakshmi Narayan, Anant is there. And he's not an obstacle, he's, a, he's facilitating. But in Braj, of course, he can't be, that's another thing, uh, but uh, he has to be a little bit in the background there <laughs> because there the love is, is in the background as well. It's Bharatiya, it's hidden, right? At any rate, there is one place in Braj where we find this Dasi Bhakti. This is the only one that I know of that is, that is, that is mentioned in the description of the Prakatli that we find in the Bhagavatam, which speaks to its rarity and the extent to which, again, the fraternal love and the Vatsalya are more, more prominent therein. <clears throat> but it's important that it shows up here because if it wasn't, we would say, well, Balaram only has these two, and then Mulsankarshan has this, and it's a uh, those two and not this one and not the other, but they're, they're all in Balaram. And all three of these, of course, are sentiments that are prominent in Braj, Vatsalya Bhakti, Dasya Bhakti, and Fraternal Bhakti. And that is called Sambandha Rupa. Hmm? The path to attain it is Sambandha Nuga, the division of Raghunuga. And Balaram presides over all three of these, hmm? Dasya, Vatsalya, and uh, Madhurya. So he, Sakya, Vatsalya, and yeah, and uh, Dasya, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Nuria, well, that, that's another thing. It's worth, I suppose, mentioning, slip of the tongue before we talk about it. Um, Balaram, as I said, can't directly participate in the romantic life of Krishna Balaram because he's Krishna and Radha and Krishna, because being the elder, he'll get in the way and cause, uh, as Vatsalya Ras does, when he'll be perceived as the elder brother, Cause the, the 
romantic love to contract and Radha will be become more, more formal with respect for the elder brother and so forth, right? There's the expansion of himself as an sage that he's the flower bed and so on and so forth. You can say that in that way, indirectly he participates. Um, but um, he's not described in this way as to say that, that Madhuri is part of his emotional composition. There is one place, I should say, in the Braj where there's a possibility that this comes up. How does it come up? Um, that is when Krishna, Balaram returns at Krishna's request to Vrindavan to pacify the residents there, and he speaks with the gopis. At that time, he is involved in appeasing them on behalf of Krishna with regard to their romantic uh, relationship. Now, most of the commentators see this as the Vatsalya of Balaram playing a role, where he has respect for, for, his, for, for, for Krishna's gopis, and they respect him and so forth. But in Priti Sandarbha, it's worth mentioning that Jiva Goswami seems to see him in that light for a moment as a Narmasaka. So the romanticism would come in that way. Narmasakas are those friends that actively participate in Krishna's romantic life by helping the divine couple meet and pacifying them and so on and so forth. So there are some different opinions, different ways of looking at it. But overall, um, uh, uh, this is the main ideas, these three bhavas. Later on, that means Dasya, Vatsalya, and Sakya. Later on in Gaudiya Sampradaya, there are other opinions, some of which are not entertained by the Goswamis and our departure from that, whereby there's an effort to put Nityananda and Balaram directly into Madhurya Rasa and everything else, every rock, every stone, every frog, every bird, um, and so forth. Uh, if it's coming out of Bhav, maybe there's some place for it, but if it's, it's a forced idea, that's another thing. And then we see that, unfortunately. So at any rate, here, we get an opportunity to see in, in strong uh, measure the Dasya Bhav component of Balaram express itself. How is that? Well, he is Balaram, so he's different than everybody else. He's omniscient like Krishna, hmm? although he's also Mugda like Krishna, and totally absorbed in the love there. Hmm? At this point, of course, he's just a, a, a young boy like Krishna, he doesn't have any girlfriends. That's another thing. Krishna Balaram may have girlfriends, complicate things. That's a separate issue. Hmm? Those are married girls. He marries later on. That's not parakia. That's not the focus uh, of Balaram that we get through the lens of the Vrindavan Goswamis. The focus is his Ragmarg love for Krishna hmm? as his friend. Hmm? Worth mentioning. Um, but he is, again, Balaram, so he, it's understandable that while everyone, including himself, is bewildered by the, by the moham, by the illusion created by Krishna, in which everyone thinks nothing's happened, and in fact, something very extraordinary has happened. Brahma doesn't know about it because he hasn't returned to the scene yet, which for him would just be a minute or so, and which is a year in the time of, of, of earthly time, right? So 
everyone's going on as if nothing's, nothing's happened. And something very extraordinary has actually happened. And there is some even evidence to, to, to that you might uh, take notice of it. The, 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 particularly, let's say, the affection of the cows for the calves that causes, that exceeds the, the affection they have for their newborn calves. Hmm? But it, it, but it goes, goes unnoticed hmm? in a wave of increased affection. But at this point, Balaram starts to come out of it. Hmm? And he starts to come out of it because Krishna wants to come out of it, wants him to come out of it. Hmm? And wants to reveal to him everything that happened. He waited all this time, 364 days, 360 days, 359 days, 58 days, five or six days before the end of the year hmm? to start to allow his yoga maya to relax the illusion that she's created, the magic that she's orchestrated that has even uh, covered Balaram in terms of the underlying facts, extraordinary uh, feats, feat of, of, of Krishna. And had this happened earlier, well, if Balaram had been, re it could have been revealed to him the first day or something like that, but Krishna hesitated, the thought is because, well, Balaram is not in that prakash, that dimension, where the leela is going on as if nothing happened, right? With the original boys and Krishna. Hmm? Krishna's bringing the calves back. It just took a minute. Hmm? We talked about this. In that dimension, Balaram's not present. Hmm? There, Krishna's experiencing love with his cowherd boyfriends without any separation from them. Hmm? When he expands as all the boys, Balaram's not particularly feeling separation from them because, well, Krishna's taking their place, acting like them. But if he was to find out what happened, then he might feel some separation from those boys and think they're in that, that's going on in that Prakash. I can't just pop in there. <laughs> no, that won't, that won't work. I'm gone for that day. So Krishna waited all this time. And now five, six days before um, the completion of the year, at which time, well, Brahma would return. And, and this would, would come out. Now, it, it could be hid still from Balaram because what? In a year's time, all those parents are going to hold him back again. <laughs> right? Arguably, that monthly birthday that was being celebrated, held him back, would occur again. He can be held back. But whether that would have happened or not, we cannot say. Nonetheless, Krishna thought, you know, he's my brother. He might find out somehow or other. I better let him know. Mm -hmm. If I don't let him know, then he'll have other complaints and, uh, and share such a fascinating thing with him, which includes the, the, the liberation of Agasura, uh, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. so, so here, the, uh, 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 through the arrangement of yoga maya, then the affection between the cows and the calves comes out in a very pronounced sense. And Balaram takes notice of it for the, for the first time. And let me, let's, let's go there. And we come to the second verse of the section, said what? That um, thereafter, while pasturing, 
atop Govardhan Hill, on top of Govardhan. The cows looked down to find some green grass and saw their calves pasturing in the distance. Uh, the idea here is that, of course, you know, the Govardhan is, 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 a, is more uh, pronounced in terms of its, uh, its length than in terms of its height. It's seven miles long. So to do the circumambulation, the park run is a 14 mile walk. So now I think Goswami used to do that at an age older than I am. Keeping in good shape there. At a certain point, it said that Krishna thought he was too old, so he manifested a stone. Just circumambulate the stone, that'll be sufficient. I think he put his footprint in it. That stone is preserved at the Radhadamadar Temple in Vrindavan. Radhadamadar Kijai. Kijajagobadan Kijai. So, uh, seven miles long, and it has now three major peaks, the highest of which is about 100 feet. It's not that tall, but it's quite long. It's thought to be shrinking by the size of a sesame seed every year in separation from Krishna. <laughs> Different ways to talk about that, but it's a common one. Now the position of Govardhan is interesting and the fact that it's brought up here in relation to Balaram's coming out of his, the, the illusion created by Krishna. It's there, an argument can be made that, uh, that Balaram can be identified himself with, with Govardhan. Just as an aside, it's worth uh, bringing up in Rupa Goswami's Don Kali Kumudi, the Leela narrative of, uh, uh, drama in which uh, Don Kali, Krishna sets up a uh, toll gate in Go on Govardhan and charges the gopis for passing. And of course, the charge that he wants is Radha's uh, love and it's a, it's a long and beautiful intrigue and his Narma Sakas are uh, Krishna's intimate friends participate in that. Hmm? Set up a toll gate said, I own this property here. So actually it's owned by Emperor Kamadev. Hmm? And uh, I am the king under the emperor and he's appointed me here to finally find those cowherd ladies who are picking flowers here and stealing flowers from the area and uh, smuggling goods, milk and things like that in exchange for other things without paying any tax in the kingdom. If you live in the kingdom, you have to pay your taxes. And these girls are very wily, wily and uh, sly and difficult to catch. So Krishna says, I've been appointed here. And I'm going to get the, the, the revenue due to the king. So this is, this is, a, this is really um, an instance, one of the many in which we understand this is a dramatic comedy, a romantic comedy, the whole thing. The Leela is a romantic comedy. Hmm. Um, so at any rate, uh, this takes place on Govardhan Hill and in Rupa Goswami's description of this, at one point, Brinda Devi looks at Govardhan and says, just see Govardhan Hill. Hmm? He is better than Ananta Seish, which is Balaram's expansion, right? He's better than Ananta Seish. 
because he has many um, peaks, many heads. It said that previously it had more peaks. This is the old descriptions of Golodon. Now it only has three, three major peaks. It had many peaks, had many peaks, many heads. Hmm? Um, and uh, and in, serves as a playground for Krishna. So Anantasesh puts his umbrella over Krishna, Vishnu's head and Vishnu lies there. That's one thing, but he doesn't turn it, his serpent body into a whole playground. Hmm? So she says he's, he's, he must be the source of Anantasesh. Um, it's an argument for identifying Balaram with Govardhan, who Govardhan is both God and the devotee of God. The three peaks, some may argue, is one peak is his Vatsalya, one peak is his Sakya, one peak is his, his Dasya. What about the romanticism and the, the playground that he provides for that? That's a secret. That can't stand up like a tower. Mm -hmm. That's hidden. Malaram is described by Radha herself in the Bhagavatam. I don't know if Marsh got to this verse in his uh, discussion of the um, Venu Gita, right? But uh, Haridas Bharya, you might have heard. I don't know. Did you get that far? No. No. She, 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 she turns to Govardhan in Bhagavatam and uh, refers to him as the best servant of, of Hari, Haridas Bharya. Hmm. Balaram is the best servant of Hari. Hmm. You can make the same argument for others as well, but this is a, a prominent case can be made for Balaram. So there are different ways, theologically, there's room for different opinions, um, but, uh, but, but, but this is one. And here, Govardhan is called out. The cows are on top of Govardhan. And they are, the point is here, they're seeing grass pasture at quite a distance. Some of the charges said the distance is like from the highest peak of Govardhan to Radhakund, which is so Govardhan is sometimes described as a, looking like a peacock, and his head is the two eyes are Radhakund and 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 Shamakund. So this is a pretty far. It's a seven miles uh, long, so it's pretty far to get from any one of those peaks down to the Radhakund area. Now, at this point in the Prakat Leela, Radhakund and Shamakund have not been manifest. Hmm? So the idea is they were pasturing grounds. There was nice meadows there of grass. Hmm? And there, the calves, hmm. under the care of the boys, were grazing. And the cows, here it's described, from on top of the hill, they, they ostensibly saw the grass to go for that, but in reality, they're going to race down the hill in order to uh, give their milk to the calves. And they've already had other calves now, again, it's a year later. <laughs> These calves are like two times removed from the milking queue, right? <laughs> so now this is what Balaram saw. Translation of a few verses here. The cows grazing on grass atop Mount Govardhan saw their calves foraging at a distance close to the village and were overcome with affection for them. 
self-forgetful, they hastened downhill over terrain difficult for even experienced herdsmen to traverse. Driven by their affection, they ran with their two front and two back feet so close together that it appeared that they were adeptly running on only two legs instead of four. They looked like bipeds instead of quadrupeds. Heads and tails raised, their necks, necks, necks stretching, humps swaying. They made lowing sounds as milk gushed from their udders. They hightailed it down the hill. You might've heard this an English term. This is where it comes from. Hightail, hightail at home, hurry up and get home. It's an old saying from agricultural, uh, you know, rural America. That's what it's about cows, they lift up their tail high when they run, hightailing. <laughs> so they hightail up down the hill, then upon catching up to their calves, they made them drink their milk while licking their limbs as if about to swallow them, despite the fact that they had already been weaned. So the point is that, that they're atop Goberdon Hill, like near one of the peaks, and they have to go a long distance, and they're racing down there, and nothing can get in their way. And the terrain is, is, is difficult to diverse. It's rocky, and it's downhill, and so on and so forth. And now what will come next, of course, is the cow herdsmen, the elders who are herding the cows, they suddenly take off after them hmm, and make their way down there. And they're making their way down there behind them. And they're very frustrated. And they're a little upset with the boys. Why are you bringing the cows so close, even though they're actually quite a, quite a distance? They're still not able to quite put it together that you know, something extraordinary has happened here hmm, that's making the cows go. So they're going to blame their sons and so forth. Why don't you bring the calves there? You know, here are the cows. Are We're racing after them. So it's quite a scene. Hmm? as described in the Bhagavatam. And Balaram's looking at this going, wait a minute. Now his head's starting to, starting to swell. Well, what's going on here? Why is this happening? And have to ponder it you know, for different reasons. What's the, what's, the, what's the possibility? Gradually, gradually, then the illusion created by Krishna will start to dissipate. And he'll come to the right conclusion. Meanwhile, before that happens, as I said, the cow herdsmen, the elders, they arrive and they're a little upset with their boys about to chastise them and they see them and they just melt. Hmm? Grab them, smell their heads, sign of affection in, in brudge and fondle them and so forth. And the cows are left free to give all their milk to the calves and they, they forget about it and so forth. The mom seeing this as well. And he really figured out you know, something's going on here. What's, this is extraordinary. What could cause this? Hmm? It said then the cow herdsmen left for carrying on with their service of herding the cows, separating from the boys, and they wept the entire way. Hmm? They wept and wept and could hardly keep up herding the cows, having had contact in the midst of the, in the middle of the day, which ordinarily wasn't the case, with their boys who were herding, who were all manifestations of Krishna. Hmm. It's said that, that in, in the verse, the term anurag is used. I've mentioned this before. Anurag is not a stage of the praying of Vatsalya Bhakti that's, uh, that is uh, uh, attained 
not a stage of intensity, intensification of prem that is attained typically in Vatsalya Rasa. Rupa Goswami finds the uh, Vatsalya Bhakti to intensify to Sneha and Rag, but not Anurag, not Mahabhav. Hmm? Anurag is an intensification of Rag, right? But here in the verse of the Bhagavatam, it said, and the, the cows, the cow herdsmen, they showed Anurag. Now, how will we harmonize this? Goswami not contradicting the Bhagavatam. The general idea is he's given there. But here is, this is, as we understand, this is an exceptional situation here. So given the exceptional circumstances where Krishna has become their sons, the argument is obviously, well, for, for, the, for, the, for this time, how you, how, how you can measure, they said their affection increases. Well, how? From Rag down to Rag, that would be a measurement, right? This, of course, brings to mind the fact, or what we've explained before, that Braj Lila's Prakat Lila, the manifest Lila, is a portal to the Aprakat Lila. What do we mean by that? We mean that in order to enter the Aprakat Lila, that intensification of one's bhav, whether it be Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, or Madhurya, has to take place. These are all relative to the preem of Braj. You're not going to find this in Vaikuntha. So if you want to go to Vaikuntha, you can go direct. It's not that easy, but again, there are different ways you can go. Even by mixed bhakti, karma measure bhakti, you can go there. But that's not easy to be a perfect Varnashrami and do bhakti at the same time. But we don't do that kind of mixed bhakti. And our goal is not Vaikuntha. Of course, you can go there for preem and and pure bhakti of that type as well, as we've, as we've mentioned. But the point is that you don't have to take birth in the Prakat Leela, and there isn't one. There are some Leela avatars coming out of Vaikuntha here and there, that's true. But there's no Prakat Leela per se, in the same sense that there is of the Braj's Aprakat Leela, which is, for that matter, human-like and so forth. But to enter into the uppercut leaders, the Goloka, then typically, you, characteristically, you have to go through the Prakat Leela, where this type of intensification of the Saibhav can take place in association with those who have those inten that, that intensification, the Nityasiddha devotees. That intensification is not required for, for Vaikuntha. So you can go from here to Vaikuntha. But from here we go, if we want to enter Braj the Prakat Leela. So it's a portal in this sense where this intensification can take place. And here's an example. Now the mothers have been there. Hmm? This is the Prakat Leela. So they've been born there. <laughs> they've grown up. They've been born there before Krishna has been born hmm? to be mothers. They have their own sons. Hmm? And they're still at least among the sadhana siddhas of Vatsarabhav, they need this intensification. So this is, a, this is a portal. We say that this particular, through this leela in particular, we say they entered through this leela. Well, obviously they had to be there before that, but it means the intensification of their bhav came 
at this point, which qualified them. Now they're perfect, hmm. capable of going to Golok. Hmm. This is what Krishna is doing here. We find in the Rasalila that it is also a portal. How is that? We find that the Vedas, the Shruti Upanishad, uh, the Upanishads personified, who wanted Gopi Bhav, the uh, sages of, of Dandakaranya. These are two groups, some individuals as well, sadhana siddhas, uh, pursuing Gopi Bhav through Gopal Mantra. They took birth in the Prakat Leela. And when the night of the Rasa Leela came, which is a time in which Krishna, uh, how do you want to say, um, well, his relationship with the gopis is like confirmed, right? It's, what's the word used? Consummated. Consummated the relationship. He told them during the Master uh, Harna Leela, when he stole their clothes, technically we're married, but but we'll cons consummate the relationship in another occasion, a year later, that's the Rasalila, right? So at that time, again, he appeared with each and every gopi and there you go. But some gopis it's described, they couldn't go. They were stopped by their husbands. And the stopping caused separation at such an important time. And that separation caused their affection to grow fonder and it qualified them. So that later, as mentioned a few chapters later, maybe 10, 15 chapters later, they, they also consummated their relationship with Krishna. So uh, this is what it means that, that it's a portal, that, they, that there are opportunities in that prakat, let's take the coward boys. What about that? Well, we can give a similar idea during the Brahma Vimohan Leela at the end of the Kumar Leela, which is what time it's taking place. The boys met with Krishna on the picnic, and here we go. And Krishna manifests before each and every one of them and let them know you're my, you're my best friend. Each and every one of them felt. Krishna's my best friend and he loves me the most and they're all right and so on. So, so one can make the argument that, that as he expanded with all the gopis to consummate his relationship within Sakyaras also, this kind of sharing in confidence was what took place at this time. Now, Narmasakas, they'll have to wait for further qualification during the Poganda Leela, when Krishna suddenly decides in the middle of the day, uh, that uh, I think I want to like check out some of the forest here. Just let me go with a couple of boys, and he takes the Narmasakabhav with him. That time, of course, they meet with the gopis, and so. But this is the idea that how to understand the idea that the prakat leela is a portal to the aprakat leela. Again, these this intensification of Bob is difficult to come by. It's possible you can really enter into this text of the Bhagavatam, which is the Prakat Leela. Same idea, anyway, you need the Prakat Leela, except for we're, we're focusing on it here first, right? So that said, um, seeing this, right, the cows coming down and so forth, the herdsmen were frustrated, embarrassed, 
by their inability to prevent it, but when they followed the difficult downhill course of the cows and saw their sons there with the calves, their hearts surged with rasa, thus their frustration and embarrassment that they couldn't herd cows properly were mitigated and they hoisted their sons up, embraced them, smelled their heads. I think we said this, but here the text says, and attained on Rog. Okay, here it comes. The first, furthest reach of their Staibav. Then in due course, the adult Gokus slowly departed, leaving their sons with great difficulty, their minds happy from embracing their boys, tears welled up in their eyes, remembering them. So again, this is the scene that Balaram has witnessed. And as a result of that, he knows, it's, it's clear to him now, wait a minute, these calves are like second generation. They've already had a couple other calves and why they're so affectionate to them. Look at the affection of the, of the parents. And what's happening again is Krishna is, re is relaxing the yoga maya illusion that he created to bewilder even Balaram. And in bewildering Balaram by this power, he is underscoring to all of us the measure of his Aishvarya, which is he wants to show, of course, to, um, to Brahma, to Brahma and all of us, right? Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Even he's even the source of Balaram. He has power even greater than Balaram, who has unlimited power. Now, how can that be? Hmm? Balaram did not know the measure of Krishna's power. Isn't this a problem, theological problem? I mean, he's God. He didn't know the power of, of Krishna's power. Well, the answer is that Krishna doesn't know the, 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 the measure of his own power or the measure of his own knowledge. How is that not a contradiction? Well, because there is no measure to his power and knowledge. So if you don't know something that doesn't exist, doesn't mean there's something that you don't know. <laughs> You're still omniscient. He doesn't know the measure of his own power. And Balaram didn't either. But Balaram knows this. Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna's my source. And he's got showing power here that I can't even show. That has even bewildered me. What to speak of a, of a simple four-headed guy like Brahma? Hmm? A, a, a part of the world. This is in the, in the Leela itself. Even, even, even Balaram has become bewildered. Of course, amongst everybody, he's coming out of it, understandably. And so he will ask about it, and Krishna will uh, try to explain it, and, and so on and so forth. And he'll accept it to one extent or another, so be it. And, uh, and then, of course, Brahma will now, coming next, Brahma will return on the scene, right? And he will see that, well, we have to get to this, but he will see all the calves and the calf, coward boys are in the cave. No, wait a minute, all the calves and coward boys are with Krishna. No, they're in the cave. Is he moving them back and forth? What's going on? And then he realizes that's not happening. And then Krishna will turn the thing into, for, just for Brahma, he'll show him everything, showing himself to be all these boys, all Vishnu forms appearing. And this is then uh, uh, the culmination of the lesson that Brahma will learn. We'll get to this in our next class. Any question?
Yes. Oh well, I, uh, I see him more as friends than in, than in terms of the Batsalia aspect. I like that more. Equals. It's more central to who they are. To me, it's more incidental that they're he's he's elder. It's a bit of a ruse. Balaram will protect Krishna. Prabhupada had a pose of Krishna and Balaram in his heart has manifested his deity as his deities in Vrindavan. And what do you see there? And this is the famous pose of Krishna you'll see all over the world. Nowadays, wherever there's a Krishna Balaram deity, it'll be in this pose, more or less. The essence of it is what? How are they posed? Krishna's holding his flute, right? And Balaram is resting on his shoulder. So Prabhupada's question is, who's stronger? Krishna or Balaram? And someone said, oh, Krishna's the older brother, he's stronger. Prabhupada would say, well, why is he leaning on Krishna then? Krishna's holding him up. This is his idea. Krishna's is his way of saying, Krishna's too Bhagavan Swayam. Even he has his power even to, to delude or whatever to enlighten exceeds that of Balaram. So he, 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 he looked at it in that way. So, and Krishna and Balaram and Vrindavan, they're the same size. <laughs> I was fortunate to offer the first Artiks to Krishna and Balaram after they were installed. It was a big event. Prabhupada installed Krishna and Balaram deities and big event in Vrindavan. All kinds of dignitaries came, Brahmins, sages and whatnot. It was a huge event. And it was an event in which uh, Prabhupada sought acceptance on, behalf, on the part of Vrindavan on behalf of all of his uh, disciples from all over the world who a lot of people didn't want to touch or get near or stand in the shadow of because they had ideas of what western people were like and and, uh, and 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 did not fully understand the power of bhakti so he wanted them to be us to be accepted there and this was a big event for him um, i was very much involved in helping to make that happen we were distributing books for particular group of us devotees under, under my um, care and all the money that we were raising was going directly to, to Prabhupada to build a Krishna Balaram temple. Uh, Prabhupada uh, noted that and it was at one point it was engraved in the wall. This Sankirtan party, which is the one I would led built this place and two other sannyasis Guru Kripa and Yashoda, they were collecting money in Japan I don't know if they removed that because all three of us are no longer gone. they might have but they probably put it there not that we cared but uh, but at any rate I was very much emotionally involved in uh, uh, invested in in the Balaram Christian Balaram temple what it meant to Prabhupada I had some idea about that so uh, and I was there I took sannyas just just after that there in Vrindavan but uh, in the evening, for a few nights after the ritual was completed and the deities were installed, then uh, Prabhupada would come to the Arctic with some governor or his highness or some royal guy or something like that and uh, you know, showcase these Western devotees offering Arctic to Krishna and Balaram and so forth. So I uh, want, uh, being emotionally invested in that as I was, 
I, I wanted to be able to offer Arctic, not myself so much, but I wanted some of the members of my party, Brahmacharis, to have the opportunity not to be shy that you guys did this, you know, so you should take, take note. They wouldn't go on without me. And there were three altars. So I said, well, I'll offer the Arctic to Krishna Balaram. And then this one by Sheshika, I think it was offered to, to Gornitai. And I think the other one was Suradas, and Godbrother when I recently passed away, would offer to Radha Shamsundra. Those are the three altars. So we just went up, me and the lead, and said, we're going to offer Arctic tonight. They said, well, yeah, you can't do that. What do you, you know? This has to be, and I don't know, I just pushed my way through. I said, you know, we're doing it, you know, so we, we did this, we, you know, helped to make this happen. And they couldn't, uh, they couldn't touch me, you know, Prabhupada liked me. <laughs> so they, it was always hard to touch. I used to go out on the morning walks with Prabhupada and the sannyasis and the GBC, and I wasn't a sannyasi. They'd all look at me like, what are you doing here? And Prabhupada would ask me questions and what are people saying that you're talking to and so forth. And so they couldn't, they couldn't touch me. <laughs> So anyway, uh, such is my audacity, but um, there we were on the altar. This is a little, nice little story. So the way they were doing this was like super choreographed the whole thing, you know, and the guy who had the Krishna Balaram altar, he would give it like a slight nod like this to the other two, and they would step forward, go down, light the incense, rise together, step back, a nod, begin ring the bell like so the whole thing was just like super choreographed and uh, poetry in motion well it didn't work out that night like that <laughs> somebody dropped something one guy or another and they were nervous and so on and so forth and there was Prabhupada I'm looking back and he's right there in front of the Krishna Balaram temple with some dignitary and I know it's not going right you know so <laughs> so uh after the Arctic, who was offering that Arctic? And then they said, that's Tripurari. And he's mentioned, oh, Tripurari, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Baba Grahi Tanarda, that's not an excuse for, that's not an excuse, whoops. That's not an excuse for doing things wrong, but it is a fact that this, the spirit behind it, the intention may override any technical difficulty that may, um, may rise in the course of offering service. The famous story there, of course, is of Vidura's wife offering the bananas to Krishna when he arrived at Hastinapur and Duradon had cooked a huge feast for him, everything perfect, and he just ignored it, went to the house of Vidura, who was his devotee, because Duradon wasn't. And he said, I'm hungry. She said, I know, you've come for a feast. There's a big feast. He said, no, I'm hungry now. Have you got anything to eat? No, I didn't cook anything. Well, there's some bananas. Give me a banana. So she gives him a banana. In her ecstasy, she's peeling the bananas and giving him the peels and throwing away the banana. And Krishna was, of course, eating the peels. When this was news was brought and they went, Vidura went with Nard to the house. And then Vidura said something like, well, like, well, this is amazing that uh, Krishna's just uh, accepting the offering. And then Nard said, yeah, he's eating the peels to underscore it right? and relishing them. So, so we shouldn't offer banana peels, but banana, but still, your heart's in the right place. And it's hard to go wrong in bhakti, and which is just the polar opposite of the other end of the religious spectrum. Prem bhakti being rag bhakti, the highest end, where there's where there's love, there are no rules. On the other end is the is varnashram, 
worship, where there are thousands of rules and there's very little love. And if you don't do the rules right, you won't get the results. So just the opposite. It's not an excuse for not doing things right. If you're sincere and your heart's in the right place because you'll want to do them correctly. A little bit of a side. Yes, Marge. So question happy yep. to send you here in the chat. So there's time. First one is from Sarada. Sarada. She's asking, in terms of not knowing the measure of Krishna's own power, is the term called Krishna Bhagavan Swayam? And is the term Krishna Prima Maya, is that term for being overwhelmed with Krishna's love? Prima Maya means Krishna is overwhelmed with love, yes. Hmm. He has a particular quality that distinguishes him from Narayan or any of Narayan's avatars, four of them actually. And one of them is Prema Madhurya. It's the same idea, Prema Mai, filled with praying. He has, he is filled with praying, the kind of praying in which he interacts with the inhabitants of Braj, which we don't see anywhere else. Hmm? He has Lila Madhurya, sweet Lilas, sweet praying, Sweet flute, Venu Madhurya, and Rupa Madhurya. Sweet form. These are his four qualities. But yes, Prema Mai means, yes, actually, Krishna is called Lila Purushottam. And sometimes Mahaprabhu is called Prem Purushottam. <laughs> but he's Krishna too. But how is he Krishna? Prem Purushottam. That he's pursuing the brain of Radha, right? By which he experiences something about him that he can't experience himself. He needs to see himself from her vantage point. He knows that she's experiencing something in Rasa and Prem that exceeds his own experience. But he also realizes it's a result of her experiencing something in him. So it's in him, but she can bring it out. So he tries to take her position. That is Chaitanya Leela. Now, otherwise, you said it was Prem. Prem. What was her question? There's two things. Swayam Bhagavan. Yeah, that's connected to Krishna not knowing the measure of his own power. Swayam Bhagavan connected to Krishna not knowing the measure of his own power. Swayam Bhagavan means Krishna, the original Krishna, Krishna in his fullest expression and in his fullest expression the fullest expression of the godhead he his knowledge is covered by the brain so in a sense yes thank you for the question are you still in canada yes okay it's warm down here you should visit sometime Got snow up to the eyes, huh? Yeah. She says. Next question. Two questions interconnected by Indra, by you. She's asking, he says, Hare Krishna, maybe it's too personal of a question. But when you, Maharaj, uh, gave the Arctic in the Sri Sri Krishna Balar Mandir, did you already know about your affinity for Sakiras? And when did it dawn on you that proud, but also like Sakiras, did you know from early in the beginning? 
was very apparent uh, to me and others as well that Prabhupada's affinity was for Sakuras. In fact, he, he, he uh, in our book, uh, Oh My Friend, some anecdotes uh, um, uh, that support that are cited, a number of them. So it was a common uh, current, if you will. Uh, it wasn't something that was discussed, talked about in, in any measure, but it was something, well, that I was quite uh, clear on without thinking deeply about it. I can't say that I spoke to others about it. I assumed others also felt that way. And in years later, I find out that to be the case as I speak, I spoke with God brothers and so forth. Um, Rasa Tattva was not, you know, a very um, prominent topic in those days. Prabhupada was introducing basic concepts and he was had a strong focus on reaching out to other people, distributing literature, and so on and so forth. Um, but um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, I, I would say it was, it was quite uh, unspoken, prominent notion that Prabhupada's affinity was for uh, Sakirasa. And um, there were some paintings in which Sakirasa was uh, portrayed that um, I would always stand in front of in the temple, in the Duduwara temple, and chant in front with a, in front of with a longing to enter into the cowherding leelas of Krishna Balaram. I mean, I didn't know all the things I know now with all the theory and, and so forth, but um, uh, that said, um, when um, we, when Prabhupada opened the Krishna Balaram temple, that was a very prominent uh, event in Prabhupada's life for reasons I explained externally. He wanted, was it, he'd come home, you know, this, you know we started, he left there, putting the back to God in, and took him around the world. And now he's got a place in Vrindavan that was donated to him and in Raman Reti, and uh, which was a place for Krishna's cowherding pastimes. And he's got Krishna and Balaram there. Um, a uh, huge event for him externally and for him internally as well. And at that time, uh, the Krishna Balaram deities, they were the three altars. I mean, they obviously stood out and uh, it was through inspiration directly uh, shared, uh, bestowed upon me from Krishna Balaram deities in Vrindavan that I ended up taking sannyas just a few days uh, or so uh, later. So uh, I was always very dedicated to Krishna Balaram deities. Now, years later, when we met Sridhar Maharaj, he brought this topic up to the fore. Um, and he felt, I believe, that, as I said the other day, Prabhupada had put so many things inside of us now he was gone during his presence. We were busy outreaching to other people, preaching and so forth. Now maybe we should slow down here, boil the milk, which Prabhupada himself has said at times, reflect on what he gave and so forth. So topics concerning rasa, the prayojan of praying and, and details were something that our spiritual uncle, Pujapachita Marsh, was more inclined to speak about. And I think it was an appropriate time. 
So the topic came up more directly than it would or ever did really in circles within um, ISKCON. And it came up in the context of Pujapad Sridharmarsh referring to Prabhupada's prayer on the Jaladuta, which he had practically at least the core of it, the essence of it, uh, memorized by heart, which was quite surprising. Hmm? And he gave a translation of the, of, the, of the first line, the refrain of the verse, which, which we wouldn't have, no translator in ISKCON came up with. Their translation was very, uh, very uh, static and, and, and very much corresponded with uh, the emphasis of the time, hmm? outreach, preaching, and so forth. For example, how does it start? It says, Krishna Tabha Punya Habe Bhai. Krishna Tabha, where is, where is she? Krishna Tabha Punya Habe Bhai. So they translated it, my dear brothers, hmm? Bhai. Pujapad Sri, it was, it was in English said to be, probably called a prayer to Lord Krishna. He's praying to Krishna. Sridhar translated it, Krishna Tabha Punya Hobe Bhai. My dear friend, Krishna. Hmm? He's speaking to Krishna. He's not speaking to his friends. My dear friends, let me tell you something. The verse goes on to say, Krishna Tabha Punya Hobe Bhai. Radharani Kushi Hobe. What is that? You have it? Mars looking. Druva Ati Boli Tomata. He said, it is, they translated like, this is a truth known like this pole star Druva that doesn't move, it's fixed forever. That if you please Radharani, if she's pleased with you, then your life will be successful. So they, they translated, my dear brothers, uh, something like this, but Sridhamarsh translated it. My dear friend, my dear Bhai, Krishna, I want to tell you something, remind you of something. If Radharani is pleased with you, well, then your life will be successful. Well, that will get Krishna's ear. And he needed Krishna's ear because he had a big request. He said, we went on to say, my Guru Maharaj, who is in your camp, being a Manjari of Radha, has asked me to do something that's formidable, to go to the Western world and preach Krishna consciousness, and I don't know where to begin. So I think it would be good for you to give me that power that I may please Radha's Manjari so that Radha then will be pleased with you. That would be good for you, Krishna. This way, he intimately negotiated with Krishna, and obviously... Krishna agreed and gave him a lot of power. What power did he give him? He said, well, let's not give it in short measure. We'll give the whole of Nityananda Vesh, Nityananda Ram. We'll let Nityananda reside within him for a number of years and spread it like, like wildfire everywhere. So he knew how to get Krishna's attention, very wise, like a Priyanarmasaka, speaking about his romantic life and advising him. So, so he would bring this up, or it came up, and so this brought up in me, maybe some others, but but in me, all the feelings that I ha, ha, weren't voiced and discussed at the time, kind of like a very nice confirmation of them. Now, some of my godbrothers were more influenced by the Baba Shida Marsh, who who were disciples of Prabhupada. 
they weren't as they had not been as affected internally by Prabhupada's uh, own bhava. So they moved under the auspices and direction of Sridhar Marsh and direction of of um, of Manjari Bhav, but um, it was not the case for me. So anyway, you asked the personal question. If that is very personal, I've answered. Thank you. Anything else? Yes. I was just wondering if you could have, what the distinction between presiding over Sambandha Rupa and presiding over Hasya is. Like Sambandha Rupa, you say it's Dasya, Vatsali, and Sakya. What's the difference between presiding over the Balaram I mean, presiding over those and presiding over Well, I think that one thing is that, that, that is the idea that he presides over Hasya is, again, something that you'll find in Indian aesthetics, uh, which is also has obviously a religious color. And how they arrived at that Bharat or whomever, you know, Muni, whoever did that, I, I don't know. And they wouldn't have given any justification. It's just, you know, accepted. When you now, excuse me. So there has to be a presiding deity over everything, right? Now, when you say that Balaram is a presiding deity over these rasas, this is more of a Gaudiya idea. So we're accepting what the previous aestheticians have said about Balaram with regard to who presides over what rasa. Rupa Goswami lists it in Bhakti Rasamrita Dasindu. But this idea is more developed. He has these components, um, he expands servitors arguably in these rasas to be the eternal parshadas associates of krishna and so forth so i wouldn't say there's a difference but he presides over more than one thing we just cited four of them right three rasas and four rasas uh, but uh yeah, I can't say much more than that about it. The Godis would emphasize the, 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 the Samandarupa and these components. Rupa Goswami doesn't say anything about him presiding over Sakirasa, other than he's a presiding deity over Sakirasa. It comes from somewhere else. We take it, add it. Yes. The presiding color over Sakyasu is described as Aruna, which I understand to mean sunrise, colors of sunrise. Yeah, kind of a rust, yeah. And I was wondering, I've heard you describe it as the shade rust orange, and I was wondering how you... What? I've heard you describe it as the shade of rust orange, and I was wondering how you arrived at that color from Aruna. Yeah, it means reddish brown. It's rust is a way of saying reddish brown. Uh, you're probably um, thinking, well, the sun doesn't look reddish brown when it rises, right? But it depends where you are. If you're in Bengal, it does. And you're in the Bay of Bengal, Mayapur, and there's just rice field and rice field and rice field. And then the sun comes up on the horizon. It looks like a fiery, rust colored ball that you think they just reach out and touch it it's very far out it's very otherworldly there the sun it just set itself down and waiting for gore to wake up and then and then it will start to dance and rise across the sky 
So there it looks that color. Would you say it connects with Sakura also because so the sun? The sun is Mitra. Mitra means friend. He's very friendly in terms of the, the, the helping, assisting the romantic life of Radha and Krishna also in midday, which is most difficult time for them to meet in midday. But he followed the Leela, then he, 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 he participates in that and makes it possible. All right, we'll stop there. Shishi Rajagopal Paul Jai. Poor Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Oh, Premanandi. Hari Hari Jai. Guru Maharaj Ki Jai.